Hello and welcome to another episode of But Have You Heard About? I am your host, Courtney, and today it's going to be a little bit different than normal, mostly because I don't have a guest today. I kind of want to take this episode to talk more about pieces of history that are a little less known, so more unknown history, and with it being Black History Month, to kind of focus on some of those forgotten about or other sides of history or other stories of history. I've already talked about Mary Sequel in my very first episode because I believe that knowing the full side of everything is important, especially in history. So today I want to talk about John Glover and a couple other individuals who were part of the Gordon Riots in 1780 in England. So Gordon riots, probably have no idea what that is. Because I didn't either until I saw somebody on the history Twitter, much like how there's NBA Twitter, the history Twitter say, you know, it'd be really cool if somebody ever wrote a book, even historical fiction book about John Glover and the Newgate prison riot. And I was like, but why? Who is this? So we'll get there. We'll get to who John Glover is, because I find his possible story, as well as two other individuals to be very enlightening and a different side of British history, especially the late 1800s and like the Georgian time. But let's talk a little bit about Newgate Prison. For those of you that don't know anything about capital punishment in England, um, basically, whenever you got in trouble um, for the longest time, you just kind of were, you were hung. So whether you were a murderer or you stole somebody's sheep, they'd be like, eh, you're convicted. We're going to murder you. So they would keep people in Newgate prison as kind of a holding place before they hung them and then realized, well, you know, we can make this into a prison where you can serve out, you know, sentences. So instead of being, you know, hung for stealing someone's sheep, you just have to go to prison for a little while and be productive members of Victorian society. So that's when that kind of changed to that. However, you can go to Newgate prison and stay there, but if you would have to pay to get in. So you had to be there, but you had to pay to get in. So if you were poor, it was a horrible place. So The working class or the poor class, which we know there were so many poor people back in London in the late 18th century, um, especially when there's a huge strain, because during the 1780s, Britain is still fighting in America because of the revolution, which ended in 1783, just in case anybody needs to know, 1776 to 1783. I also had to look that up today because I couldn't remember. So it's okay if you don't remember either. So you have a lot of lower class that's like, I got to pay to get into prison. You got to pay to get out of prison. And to get food, to get clothes, to get a place to stay, you had to pay the people taking care of you, which made no sense. So there's other stories about other people who went into this prison to reform and all this other stuff. And reforming of capital punishment in England as well goes through like hundreds of years, so centuries. It From we're going to hang everybody to we're going to have sentences to, well, we're going to look less on capital punishment and use other ways of rehabilitating people. But that's another thing. So anyways, that's Newgate Prison. During the 17th century, there was a huge hostility religious-wise between Protestants and Catholics. And the Protestants basically won. Being like, hell yeah, we're number one in England. What up? We have a Protestant king. It's going to be amazing. No more Catholics. They're anti-Catholic. No popery or popery. I don't know how to say it. So we're just going to go popery. Because if I say popery, it sounds like popery as opposed to, but it's like Pope with an R-Y at the end. Anyways, I never said I was great at English. I'm great at history. So, ta-da. Anyways, you have this huge, lasting anti-Catholic sentiment. And there was a Popery Act passed in 1698, Popery Act. And 100 years, almost 100 years later, the House of Commons is like, hey, you know, we should be less harsh to Catholics. We should let them um, be able to serve in the military, 
Because again, remember, they're fighting a war. They kind of need people in general. Lord George Gordon, who the Gordon riots are named after, basically was like, whoa, we can't have Catholics join the British army. They're going to plot treason and they're going to murder people and they're going to take over the throne. Oh my gosh. Oh no. So the Gordon riots, it's one of the biggest riots as well as looting, including tax on the prison, Newgate prison and the Bank of England. And it was the most destructive riot in the history of London. And while that's kind of giving a background over what the Gordon riots were, basically there were 40 to 60,000 people who were storming in the streets. They were mostly lower class or also working men. Not very many of them were anti-Catholic to begin with. They were just upset at the, the different standards that people had to live. And they were upset. And they also there were also a lot of anti-Catholics in the crowd as well. So you had this merge of different people creating this riot. And you get to a point where people are like, we're going to burn down certain people's houses. And then on day two, they're like, we're going to go. We're going to take down the prison. We're going to take off the door. We're going to let people out. And that's basically what happened. And there were three black individuals, two black men, Ben or Benjamin Bowsey, um, B-O-W-S-E-Y, and John Glover. And they were supposedly a part of the, the very strong men, black men, that were a part of the crowd. And the only one that was officially identified as being there was Benjamin Bowsey. John Glover, uh, like, one person saw him at someone's house, at Lord Ackerman's house, helping destroy it. But he necessarily wasn't put at the scene of the crime for Nougat Prison, letting people out. Like servants of Ackerman were like, oh, no, no. He used a pickaxe to go after the gate to let people in to the Ackerman house to like help destroy stuff. So I want to make sure I go through this kind of individual for these three individuals. There's John Glover, there's Benjamin Bowsey, and then there's Charlotte Gardner or Gardier, depending on how you want to say it. She's also a black woman. Um, I want to kind of go through the testimonies for each of these individuals that was kind of given through newspaper accounts as well as through court records um, about their participation. And I just find like their participation and their character that was described by others to just kind of be enlightening, especially taking what's happened in the past year in the U.S. with thinking about riots as well. The riots during this time, you should think of them the same way that we have riots now or even protests now, even though way more peaceful than the Gordon riots. Because I already said the Gordon riot was destructive through London, one of the, like the most destructive, if not the most destructive riot in London itself. But I want to talk about John Glover. So I had found some accounts that said that John Glover was a slave, a former slave from like the Massachusetts area, but I couldn't find anything historically in that as opposed to someone who just said that they knew that this was a fact or that he was probably from Massachusetts. He might have been there when Washington crossed the Delaware. Who knows? I mean, maybe they just said that to make it sound more justifiable in the fact that they wanted to talk more about John Glover, but maybe he was, maybe he wasn't. I'm not going to give too much thought to that part. So John Glover's master, John Phillips, was a lawyer. He testified on his behalf and he was like, look, he's very faithful. He's, he's loyal. He would never do what you're saying he would do and also set up a timeline However, the timeline definitely could have impacted him to going to the first offense, which would have been to going to the Ackermans to break in there first because Ackerman was in charge of the prison itself. But also, Phillips is over here like, look, he's been a faithful servant for 12 years and he had left Westminster by about four o'clock on the evening of the riots. 
And Phillips is over here like, you know, I trust him. I trust Glover really well. Like I'd let him have a gun and he wouldn't do anything with it. And also trust, you know, large sums of money and that he really didn't have any opportunities to connect with those rioters. However, across examination, Phillips is like, well, I didn't see him after I gave him those orders. So there was a lot of people who were like, look, I saw, you know, a couple men that were active in the mob that were black, but I don't believe it was John Glover. However, John Glover was basically sentenced to death. Again, that's basically all you had. You didn't really have a good prison system set up. However, John Glover's sentence was pardoned and he received a royal pardon specifically after he agreed to serve in the corpse of the foot on the coast of Africa. Sounds horrible, I think. So let's talk about one of the other individuals who had way more prominence, I would say, and was definitely at the the scene of the crime, if you want to say, is Benjamin Bowsey. So Benjamin Bowsey beforehand had been a footman to a General Honeywood for several years, and Honeywood called him a very honest. However, he was a foolish man, and he confirmed that at the outbreak of the riot that Benjamin Bowsey had been working in the kitchen at this tavern. Whenever this was going through trial, his accusers identified him as a black man wearing a hat, which is definitely really, really pinpoint someone over here. Um, Supposedly, he was one of the first to enter Ackerman's house, where his accuser swore during the trial that he rummaged through drawers and placed stolen items in a bundle, and then allegedly left the house and joined the crowd headed toward Newgate. The individuals who testified against him included female servants, Rose, Janine, and Ann Wood. A third servant, who was a washerwoman, testified that she had sewn Bowsey's initials BB in place of Richard Ackerman's on stockings, and supposedly he was found with those stockings and wearing them, as well as with a handkerchief belonging to Richard Ackerman when he was apprehended. So one of the things I found really interesting is that Benjamin Bowsey is actually from America, and he came to London in 1774, and he had met people, and they always said that he was a good character, he's a great person, they just could never see this happening. Well, upon further readings, Benjamin Bowsey apparently was associated with the East India Company and possibly was part of the participation and trafficking of African slaves in the Indian and Pacific Ocean world. So, who knows? Like, there's not as much history about them as I wish there was. But again, I agree with the person that I read this on Twitter from, who was like, I really wish there was historical fiction, either novel about this, or even a movie made about this event, especially through the eyes of these three individuals, these three Black individuals and their participation in the riot itself. One of the reasoning that someone had given when testifying um, against Benjamin Bowsey at his trial, and that one of the reasons that he probably went after Mr. Ackerman's house was that, you know, Mr. Ackerman was a warden of Newgate Prison, and perhaps many of the writers not only saw Newgate Prison as a symbol of oppression, but sought revenge against Mr. Ackerman from prior interactions with him as the warden, and that it just seemed possible or plausible that that's why anyone be attacking or going after this so Benjamin Bowsey, just like John Glover, had received um, had received a royal pardon. But before Bowsey received that royal pardon, he kept going to the police being like, hey, I'm going to give you co-conspirators. And the newspapers were like, oh, how can you trust this man? He's just saying this because he's out for himself and blah, blah, blah. So you can go and like read the newspapers back then. It's in old English. It's not fun to read. So it was fun watching somebody else translate it for me into more you know, my vernacular as opposed to non-Courtney speak. And basically, the newspapers were trying to kind of show how cunning or astute the 18th century black man was to charges against him, which in Bowsey's case, they're basically saying that he's a lot smarter than he is. 
and that he was using whatever guile or ingenuity he was able to have to convince the authorities to respite him four times. Once he was um, granted that you know royal pardon from the king, he was held in the poultry compter, which was kind of like a small prison. It was normally used for minor transgressions and was frequently throughout the 18th century where ex-slaves in London were held as their fates became decided in legal proceedings. So he's hanging out with other former slaves because he was also a former slave. And this is where he made his grand escape. But it only lasted for a few days because he's recaptured shortly after his escape and then sent back to the poultry copter. And basically, Bowsey was over here trying to look for a way to free himself, whether by convincing authorities through cunning and, if possible, a daring prison escape. So this story of Benjamin Bowsey, Ben Bowsey, basically suggests that he did not just want to fall in line to his fate as being hung, but also sought to change his circumstances in 18th century London, which at the time for a black man was just unheard of. I mean, we can sit there and talk all day and all night about how, like, if you were Irish living in London at that time, you were looked down on. But also being a former slave, you would also be looked down on. And your circumstances would not have been well. Even if you had employment, it makes sense for both of these individuals, both of these men, to be a part of those riots, thinking that it might overturn the nobility and how the nobility is looking at you. So last but not least, I want to talk about Charlotte Gardner. Gardner. And she was the only black woman involved in the riots. And she participated with a white woman whose name was Mary Roberts. And when they were tried together, they were charged with felony assembly and the participation in the destruction of private property. So this guy, his name's John Leberty. He testified that both these women were a part of the destruction of his house and that he knew Roberts and called her a bad woman who lived near him. I don't know what he meant by bad, but apparently Mary Roberts was a bad woman. And one of his servants and her testimony to the court described the mob and the activities of Charlotte herself. And she claimed that Charlotte was shouting encouragement to the mob to break items in the house and added she saw her take two brass candlesticks out of her master's dining room. This servant also said she heard Charlotte encouraging the mob by her yells of, well done, my boys, knock it down, down with it. I should probably have done that in a British accent. Well done, my boys. Knock it down, down with it. That's a really bad British accent. I'm still going to keep it in there. Just for y'all. Also, the servant said that she heard Charlotte cry out, bring more wood to the fire. There were other neighbors who also said that she was a part of this and talking about chanting, you know, basically bring wood for the fire to just demolish this place. In another testimony by some other individuals, they said that she, along with three other men, were crying out, no popery, no popery. Because again, anti-Catholic sentiments. However, there were people that were like, no, she didn't really shout that. She just might have been near them, but she was not. So there were other people who definitely accounted for the fact that she, that Charlotte herself was incredibly active in the mob that was basically dismantling Liberty's property and going through the streets later on to be like, hell yes, burn everything down, down with the system, which I am... 110% okay with to be like, yeah, down with the system. So unlike the two gentlemen, Charlotte sadly was actually executed. She was hung with Mary Roberts and a couple other individuals on the same day. And so sadly, you know, these hangings that were happening after the Gordon riots were then still seen as kind of a form of entertainment, even though the idea behind having these public executions is that capital punishment should be seen as something you don't want. And so if you're going to see it happen, it should, you know, deter you from committing crimes like this. So I think one of the valuable lessons of this is that you have 
these three black individuals, two of which were former slaves, um, by some accounts, from America, and how they came over to England. And they were a part of a riot in that even though this started as anti-Catholic sentiment, the majority of people who partook in this revolt and in the riots weren't actually anti-Catholic. They weren't just the ones out there. They saw it as a means against um, an unjust society to them where those at the top were living better than those at the bottom, which is the reason we have so many protests. And I think you can link it to our current situations in the U.S. as well as anywhere in the world where they have protests or riots, especially against, you know, government entities that are supposed to either protect you or, um, you know, treat you fairly. And honestly, just knowing the history of prisons, especially back in the Georgian and Victorian times, you know, you have to pay to get in but you're, you had to be forced to be there. You had to pay to get out. You have to pay to have necessities. If you're not rich, you're going in not having those basic necessities that would be afforded to those who are rich. And again, the minute you stop being able to pay or your family stops giving you money to give them, you can no longer really live the high life and you were treated like garbage like the rest of the peasant class if you were rich. So it's kind of a sombering moment for them as well. So anyways, I hope you guys enjoy this fun story about John Glover, Benjamin Bowsey, and last but not least, Charlotte Gardner, Gardnier, however she would like to say her name. I do really wish that they would make some sort of a story, whether it's a historical fiction movie or something about this riot, just because I think it'd be fun to listen to, or not just listen to. I think it would be interesting story to look back on that you could tie into present day stuff. So Hollywood, get on that because obviously I'm a producer with my $5 and will happily, you know, push a movie. Anyways, as always, this is Courtney and you've been listening to But Have You Heard About? And I hope you have a fabulous rest of your day. Bye!